Welcome to today's episode of Love Revival. We are so grateful that you are watching us and you know also that you can follow us on Facebook. Our webpage on Facebook is Love Revival Space TV and there you can join us. We do a lot of things when we pray every Sunday night at 9 p.m. for you and we are experiencing the Lord touching so many people all over Scandinavia. So join us on Facebook every Sunday, 9 p.m. On today's episode, we have a great, the great honor to have a, a guest from the UK. And it's no other than Ian Andrews. Hi. God bless, God bless you. you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great honor to have you here. You're visiting Sweden right now. And uh, for the audience, we are seated right now in my home church Uddevalla Pingskyrka uh, and uh, it's a great, as I said before, it's a great honor to have you. you. There's so much we want to talk with you about okay. this, this day, but it's, it, we, we will unfortunately not cover everything we want to talk about. Uh, but Ian, for people that uh, might not know you, you have been in Sweden for, for many times, and yes. uh, back in the days, and, and many people that are viewing right now may recognize you. But for those that don't know who you are and what you're doing, please, please let us in on a little bit of what Okay, well, a little bit. I was called into the ministry in 1969, mm -hmm. and it was in a church in England that had revival. It was very similar to the airport church of Toronto, but it was right back in the 1960s. And um, a lot of Swedish people came to have a look and see what was happening. And so when I was called into the ministry in 1969, one of the first places that I was invited to was Stockholm. And so we came over to Stockholm and we really just knew two people. But um, if, if you follow the Holy Spirit, he leads step by step and, and uh, gradually I've traveled all over the country. I've been as far north as Haparanda and I've been as far south as I think Christian Stand or, or Malmö. Malmö, uh, yeah. Right down to the south. So mm -hmm. I've covered everything uh, during the 70s yes. and 80s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. And then the connections all changed and I, I hadn't been back until very recently. Oh. So I'm very pleased to be back because Sweden holds a very special place in my own heart. Um, I was here for three months the first time, picked up a lot of Swedish, mm -hmm. um, didn't understand my two-year-old son or three-year-old son who, who, who picked it up massively quickly mm -hmm. and was speaking to me in Swedish saying he wanted to go to the bathroom but I had no idea what he was talking about mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've traveled in charismatic circles I've traveled in partially into Pentecostal circles in some places and um, I I tend to cross all denominations in the body of Christ mm -hmm. I mean I'm not a a particular denominational person mm -hmm. and I believe God wants his love and his healing power to be extended everywhere. Yeah. And that is uh, 
that is your ministry to I basically have an equipping to heal ministry mm -hmm. um, I, I have seen hundreds of thousands of people healed over the last 50 years mm -hmm. I've traveled in 71 countries I think so far mm -hmm. um, and I've had a word that it will be 120 not that I'm going to live to 120 necessarily, but I am going to visit 120 nations. Um, and everywhere I go, I try and leave people behind who are equipped in their local church situation to be able to heal the sick. Mm. Um, obviously, some sicknesses seem to be more resistant to prayer than others, but even those barriers are beginning to come down. Um, I prayed for 30 plus years for people that had autism, never seen one healed. Mm -hmm. And then in a very funny meeting, um, very large Lutheran church in America, 12,000 people, mm -hmm. and there were 100 people came to the charismatic night that I was speaking at. And it was in an eight and a half thousand seater auditorium, so there were people dotted around everywhere, vast empty spaces, and one, child that was about six or seven autistic he was running around biting people and screaming so i prayed and asked the lord if he would please quiet him down or take him out and i felt the holy spirit said if you take out the sickest person in the meeting what hope is there for me to try and show these people that i'm a healer so I prayed he would go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I must have prayed the prayer of faith because he just fell down and he went to sleep. And that was wonderful. And then the Holy Spirit said, go lay hands on him and speak peace. And I thought, I don't want to do this. If I lay hands on him, he might wake up. And if he wakes up, he'll bite my arm. <laughs> I'm prepared to die for the Lord, but not have my arm bitten. It was a paradox, really. Yeah. And uh, I am um, talking to the Lord, arguing about why this is not a good idea, but I'm walking toward him. And I put my hand very, very lightly on him. He didn't wake up, and I just spoke peace. Uh, a, a few months later, I'm back in the area, but I'm not in the church. And the senior pastor of this really large uh, evangelical Lutheran Church called me and said, uh, I think you'd like to know this, that um, he's in a normal school, hasn't bitten anybody, hasn't screamed, wow. and he's totally healed of autism. Mm. Well, you could have knocked me over with a feather. It was um, years and years I'd prayed for it, and I'd never seen it move. Mm. And I've seen seven since. And a very good friend of mine called Chris Gore that's in Bethel, a church in California, he's majored on it, and I think he's seen over 30 people healed of it. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, at the same time, God said, I'm going to touch Alzheimer's as well. Mm -hmm. And we had a meeting in a vineyard church in America where the, the school had been padlocked and closed for two years, mm -hmm. and it was open for one night for a healing meeting because I was in town. And uh, halfway through the meeting, I had this lady come out with hair curlers in her hair 
a bathrobe on, slippers. It's minus 22 out with snow and ice. And, um, and she says, can I have the microphone? Which is a bit like a preacher's nightmare because you hand the microphone over, you have no idea what's coming. No. And she said, I know where I am and I know who I am. I've just been healed of Alzheimer's. Wow. And I've had three people healed of that since. Mm -hmm. But I haven't actually prayed for them. God has just healed them in the meeting. Yeah. But it's um, two of the major diseases of today. Mm -hmm. And I think God is wanting to show the church that, yes, he knows about the need and he wants to meet it. So it's beginning to encourage people to yeah. not be ashamed, but to come out in front and say, I need prayer. Exactly. And uh, that was that. I mean, uh, you, you, you're talking about, you know, what, what some people might say extreme miracles and, you know, where I, you know, yeah. big miracles or whatever. Um, well, <laughs> what, would you say, what would you say to people here in Scandinavia that are, you know, I mean, they, they, they believe the Bible, but they don't see the, the miracles that they want to see. And, and therefore, sometimes people tend to change their belief system. Yes. Because it's very common when you don't see the manifestations of the Word of God uh, immediately. Um, at the how, time... How can you help one understand that it, it is... Right. It is in scripture, it is the God's will, it's in the atonement. Okay. I think you have to know the scriptures. Yeah. I think you have to not just read them on the surface, but you have to dig into them a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, a short time ago, I was invited to my first Jewish synagogue. Mm -hmm. And I knew enough not to preach out of the New Testament. And so I preached out of the Torah. Mm -hmm. And I explained that in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 12, mm -hmm. it says God spoke to Moses to speak to all of the tribe of Israel. Yeah. So what God was about to say applied to everybody. And then God said to Moses, um, I want you to take a lamb for a house. And everybody had to eat a piece of the lamb. And it says in Psalm 105, when they left Egypt, there wasn't one sick or feeble one among their tribe. Well, if you think of having to build pyramids, uh, they must have had allergies, asthma, bad backs, bad legs, bad hips, bad everything. Mm. Um, they probably had enough food to keep their strength up to build the pyramid, but not enough strength so that they could rebel against Pharaoh. Mm. And... Uh, as they fed on the lamb, and I believe that it's a particular parallel to, sort of into the Lamb of God, the Lord okay. Jesus, as they fed on him and actually took the word into them, mm -hmm. as they ate the lamb, rather than just speak the lamb out, I think a lot of people have heard that if you confess the right thing, it will happen. Mm. But it, it's not really confessing outwardly, it's eating inwardly. Yeah. Like, by his stripes, I was healed. Mm. And you start to eat that, and you start to feed on the scriptures like that. At that point, I think, then God wants to heal. 
Um, I then quickly went to, to Exodus chapter 15, and here they are at this brook called Mara. It's stagnant water, they can't drink it. And so what does God do? He says, uh, um, I think there were like two million people left Egypt, and there were two million in unbelief, except for Moses. Mm -hmm. And he said, God, what do we do? And all God said was, do you see that piece of wood over there, that sort of tree log that is, is there? Throw it into the water. And to my mind, it's a clear picture of God reaching forward in time, thousands of years, until Jesus was on the cross. Mm. And if you plunge the cross into your situation, um, everything can change because everything changes at the cross. Mm. And um, uh, I then went through to the book of Numbers. I, I, think, it's, I think it's chapter 21 where um, I want you to get a piece of bronze, Moses. I want you to make it like a snake. I want you to put it on top of a pole. Hold it up high and everybody who looks and continues to look will live. Well, they were bitten by poisonous snakes, so in 20 minutes you're either going to be healed or meet the Lord. Yeah. And as they looked and continued to look, and that meant they had to look away from their body. They had to look away from their sort of pain and their symptoms and their deformity, and they had to concentrate on something outside of them. And in John 3.13 it says, as Jesus, as Moses, lifted up the snake in the wilderness, Jesus must be lifted up. So as we get our eyes on Jesus at the whipping post and at the cross and in heaven, yeah. then um, it's from heaven comes our help. Yeah. And if you go to the doctors, they concentrate on the problem. But if you go to God, he is more concentrating on bringing the answer to us. And I think one of the reasons why people don't get healed is they're trying to give God their sickness. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want it. No. What he wants to do is to obliterate our sickness and provide health for us. So um, that's one major reason why people don't get it. But it doesn't always come the moment you ask for it. I couldn't speak without stammering for 35 years of my life, mm -hmm. half of my life. Wow. And um, when I went to God for healing, it, it was like, I will heal you gradually. And that didn't fit with my theology, but that was my experience. Mm -hmm. And now you have been, you've been in this, moving in this grace, the gift of healing. Is that how you, you, you talk um, about it? I don't believe I have a gift of healing. I believe the sick person is the one who gets the gift of, of healing. Yeah. Um, I do pray for the sick a lot, yeah. but I'm... Let me rephrase it. The Spirit of God gifts, gives gifts of healing through yes. you since yeah. 50 years now, soon. Uh, um, You're celebrating 50 years of, uh, it's of being in the ministry? Almost 50 years. Yeah. 49 years and 11 months and so many yes. days. Yeah, I'm coming up to my 50th year now. What I'm saying is that you have had time to re-evaluate your belief system. You have gone through 
you have gone through uh, so many opportunities of, of you know seeing so many different kind of healings and yeah you have uh, it's not just success stories I guess sometimes you know there's always the question mark why this did this not happen to this individual mm. uh, or do you tend to have um, um, or do you tend to have the answers to everything or is there any <laughs> question mark still um, <laughs> I try and follow where the Holy Spirit is currently and mm -hmm. um, Many years ago, we were quite close to a man called Derek Prince, mm -hmm. and he was a very, very intelligent man. And he said to me, uh, never put a roof on the building that God is building, because um, every generation that experiences a great move of God puts the roof on it, mm -hmm. and uh, then they oppose the revelation that comes past that. Mm. And so, so far, I've transitioned from Rhema-type word of faith into the Charismatics, mm. into the Pentecostals, into Father's love, mm -hmm. into open heaven. Um, and I'm still looking for the next move because yeah. uh, I want to be relevant to what God is saying now. Mm. not what he said 20, 30, 40 years ago, even though it was excellent and it might have a place again. Mm -hmm. But right now I think God is saying something a little different mm. and I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit in that way. Yes. So how did this all started for you? I mean, uh, uh, I know you, you were part of Harry Greenwood's church. Yeah. Was that in the beginning, or is that later mm. on in life? Uh, it was for, for a Swedish audience, many people, or maybe Norwegian mm. audience as well, they, yeah. they know Harry. Uh, he had a gift of, of uh, I've heard, I never met him, but I had a gift of getting people baptized in the Spirit of God. Is that correct? Or? Um, he came to Sweden when there was a lot of fear in Sweden mm -hmm. during the 60s, where a lot of people were thinking that any minute now they're going to be invaded by Russia. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of fear, even in the Christian circles as well. And he came and he convinced them that the Russians weren't coming because God had told him that he was going to give him Sweden. Mm -hmm. And undoubtedly he had a very powerful impact on the entire nation of Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, many of the leaders today were either saved or baptized in the Spirit through his meetings. Yeah. Um, he came to meet the current need, and I think a lot of church-based church Christians that were hungry for God heard about the baptism with the Holy Spirit with him, mm. and he prayed a lot for that. But he also prayed a lot for people to be healed, yeah. and he saw a lot of healings take place yes. in, in, throughout Sweden. Did you have any uh, initial experiences when it came to God accelerating you into the ministry of... Yes, of I mean, I, I couldn't speak without stammering. Mm -hmm. I'd gone to the church that Harry was involved with to get healed. It was a power center, and I thought, well, 
this would be a good place to go and they can pray over me and I can get healed. And um, I wasn't healed, but one day I was at a crossroads where I either decided I'm going to stay or I'm going to go back and continue as an accountant in my career. And I was praying one day and I heard this voice out of the corner of the bedroom and it was audible. And it said, I've called you to preach the gospel and heal the sick. And I said, look, Lord, I'm the sickest person I know. Heal me first. And I heard the voice again say, no, I want you to go as you are, then everybody will know you're not the healer. Mm. And uh, I, I said something like, this is not going to work. I mean, trust me, this is not going to work. Uh, if I can't speak, how can I preach? Well, I, I found out. Um, I was stammering and spluttering, preaching, and, and yet people came, because at the end of the meeting, I mean, God would heal people. Mm. And that's how it started. It, it started very, very small, mm -hmm. very small. Yeah. But it started with a creative body part miracle. Um, Harry had a friend staying, and he asked me if I would drive him up to London Airport and then take his friend uh, uh, across to Oxford and drop her off, mm -hmm. and then I was free to go. And Harry was generous. He said, um, you can have my car because I'm going to America for three months. You can drive it. Mm -hmm. So um, I drove them all up to London Airport, dropped Harry off, went across to Oxford, and it was a Catholic lady that was fellowshipping with a Southern Baptist lady in Oxford. Mm -hmm. And they were both from America somewhere. And I, they invite me in and they ask me questions about what am I doing? And I stammered and spluttered and said, well, God's called me to be a preacher. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, I think we need to pray over you. And so I had the Southern Baptist lady and the Catholic lady putting hands on me, praying over me, that I would see sense. And I heard this little voice inside that said, one of them has got a kidney problem. Mm -hmm. Pray for them. And I knew in those days, it, if it was Southern Baptist, I was dead in the water because they didn't believe in healing. Mm -hmm. But the Catholics did. So I, I then had a second thought. I, there's only two people here, and what am I going to do if neither of them has a kidney problem? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the Catholic lady. Mm -hmm. So I prayed every prayer that Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts, Jack Coe, William Branham, all these guys had ever prayed, because mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to pray. And when I opened my eyes, there was this lady lying on the floor. And I, I kind of had a picture in my mind Evangelist prays for sick, woman dies. Okay. <laughs> because I hadn't seen anybody slain in the spirit, even in child. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen no. then. And uh, I left and drove off. Well, about six weeks later, I heard that the Catholic lady had two weeks to live. Mm -hmm. She had gone to Lourdes, to the shrine, She'd gone to the Vatican and kissed every step up and down, trying to get healed. And that was my first creative body part healing because uh, God gave her two new kidneys. Yeah.
I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. No. It's grace. It's grace. It's God doing so much through us. Yeah. And uh, Ian, the, the time is running out and uh, it's, it's been a great pleasure to have you on this show today, but this is not the last show. So I just want to tell you that I've been watching today that uh, we're going to do some more episodes. So watch next week. We're going to have Ian on and talk about some more exciting things. And know beyond a shadow of doubt that God is a father who loves you unconditionally. And as you've heard on the show today, God is so into touching you, making you whole, that he has even provided that through Jesus Christ one day and one day for all some 2,000 years ago. So with those words, be blessed and have another day with Jesus Christ. Thank you.